0: Hello once again and good Monday, Cougar Nation. My pleasure to welcome you back inside the Coordinator's Corner. We are coming to you live from our temporary show set inside the BYU Broadcasting Building. We hope to be back in our old home inside Studio C in time for next week's broadcast. And our show today and every Monday is presented by JCW's the Burger Boys. Coming up today, we look back on another resounding win for the Cougs, and we do so with BYU's special teams coordinator, Ed Lamb, and defensive coordinator, Elisa Tuiaki, as we give a shout out to OC Jeff Grimes. The BYU offense was outstanding on Saturday night, but so was every other phase of the game. As we welcome in Coach Lamb to help us uh, break it all down. Ed, good to have you with us again. Good to be here. Thanks, Greg. And that really was something. Uh, uh, The game we'll get to, and, and just how complete a win it was, but um, it was an eventful and, in some ways, a difficult 19-day gap that preceded preceded Game One t- into Game Two and the home opener with Troy. What was your gut telling you going into Saturday night about your team's readiness uh, for the challenge you had?
1: Well, I thought we needed to start fast, and we didn't. We didn't do that. I, I just felt like we needed to get right back into that uh, that feeling, that camaraderie, that esprit de corps that we had established during the Navy game, regardless of whether there were fans there or not and just really get on a roll and, uh, and play for each other. And I thought the, the opening kickoff was a fantastic start. Hayden Livingston made a, made a great play and got them deep in their own territory. We got the stop, and then we had the, the mistake on the punt return. So we didn't quite start as fast as we could, but we bounced right back and got rolling.
0: Backtracking a little bit, what were some of the specific uh, challenges you had leading up to the game, considering length of layoff and interruption of schedule, those kinds of things?
1: I think it's mostly individual. I mean, the, the, with that long of a period of time and, and the opponent being no, a known quantity, which isn't always a guarantee this uh, this season with the challenges of scheduling, uh, there really the issue wasn't about you know practicing the scheme or having the game plan ready. The issue was individual challenges of the stress of testing positive or the stress of having a roommate that tests positive, quarantining, um, not knowing who is going to be available until. 24 hours before the game. I mean, all that's a a lot of individual stress on on coaches and players.
0: So on that note you just mentioned, uh, depth has never been more important perhaps than, than it is right now. And it seems like in year five of the program altogether, you might be the best equipped to handle the things you're being asked to confront right now.
1: So far we have been, and there, there are always going to be positions that are hit a little bit harder uh, with a depth issue. Running back was became one of our challenges this last game. It was great to see Kavika Fanua be able to be a two-way player. He played on, on defense significantly, and, and then on offense, he was able to kind of bring the game home for us. Miles Davis jumped in at running back too and, and got some good quality touches. And, uh, but that's one position that in past years has really hurt us is not having depth at running back, and so it was, it was good to see that at least, as of right now, we've had guys step up and be able to perform well.
0: Should the numbers be up a little bit this week, personnel-wise?
1: Yes, yes. Hopefully that. Uh, hopefully you'll see um, as, as far as the, co- as the COVID testing that, uh, you know, we're we're really trending in the right direction right now. Feel good about that and. Guys are learning all the time uh, what it means to be in a high-risk environment and how they can be, uh, you know, de- determined to have to stay in quarantine even if they're negative. And so I think guys are taking better care of that, and uh, and our health seems to be pretty good right now.
0: Okay, good news. Well, to the game itself, uh, a game that BYU wins 48 to seven, and it was a game that, as coach mentioned, uh, began with consecutive offensive possessions for Troy. Uh, the Trojans uh, they they snapped five plays, all passes, on their first series. Uh, and then they get the ball right back on, on, on the Dax and muff. But reminiscent of the Navy game, uh, a turnover deep in your own territory does not turn into points for the opposing team. Uh, Troy missing on a fourth and short on their ensuing series. You get the ball right back.
1: We did. And, um, and got to qu- uh, credit Dax, too. I mean, that's, that's a huge mistake for a guy to make personally because he, it feels like it's such an individual mistake. Um, he had some, some technical issues where he just didn't track the ball all the way into his hands felt terrible about it, but came back the rest of the game and and actually saved us quite a bit with his courage on scooping up some of those rollers and then immediately hitting the ground and avoiding contact. So Troy had a very unusual punt scheme. They put some pressure on us, and I thought Dax really answered it well, as we would expect the whole team to. And so I thought in in that way he was a leader for us.
0: Well, Dax is a guy in whom clearly you have a great deal of trust. How important was it that the touches on offense and then the punt return opportunities kept coming for him that night? After that. Oh, I
1: think it's critically important that, that I mean, we know going into the game who our best punt returner is, and it's Dax. And just like uh, any analytical decision we might make during the course of the game, we don't let short-term results affect our long-term thinking. And so we showed confidence in him, put him right back out there. Even NFL punt returners drop a punt once in a while, and uh, you know, for this to happen in this game, to respond like we did and come out with a win, that's a blessing for him and, and a great opportunity for him to. Move forward and and put it behind him.
0: How much conversation went on between you and Dax after that initial uh, punt return chance he got?
1: The same conversation I just had with you. I said, "Happens to you've got Hall of Fame NFL punt returners who have had multiple muffs like this. This is maybe your one for this year, and let's learn from it and and come back and make great decisions
0: the rest of the game." And he did. Punt returners are generally going to have uh, pretty good hands. He has excellent hands, and he showed it on just some of the clips we saw uh, catching the ball as a receiver that night. He does,
1: and. And the good ones, the really good punt returners, sometimes that's the issue is they lose their focus. If it, if it was me or you out there trying to catch a punt, we would be so focused that that wouldn't be our error. It might be our we just don't have good enough hands or we didn't get our body in the right position. But for him, he, he, it's such a natural thing for him. He, he lost his concentration for one second and, and didn't see the ball all the way in.
0: He shook off the early miscue, ended up with a career night as it turned out. Seven grabs, 140 yards, including a 70-yard catch and run. And we've seen much of what he did on Saturday night. And some guys come into their college careers with uh, a lot of attendant hype and everyone knows this kid's coming. Dax came in a very different way and has turned himself into a a huge contributor for you guys.
1: That's the type of personality he is. And that's why he's our our punt returner and why he's playing a big role on offenses. He's one of those guys that's just all business, all the time, at least as far, I mean, we don't hang out socially, he and I, we don't go to parties together, (laughs) but as far as every every interaction that I have with him around football, he is very serious about what he does, takes a lot of pride in everything he does, and and approaches it in a business-like manner.
0: Well, Dax was one of two BYU receivers who hit the century mark on Saturday night. Gunnar Romney, 138 receiving yards. BYU's really taking the top off downfield right now. One of the FBS teams, uh, of the FBS teams that have played only two games, the Cougs rank first nationally in passes of 30-plus yards and passes of 40-plus yards. Explosives or chunk plays are a big part of what you want to get done.
1: They are, and, and got to credit, I mean, the whole offense on that, from the, from the way that we've, we've been running the football to uh, and and that's set up certainly the deep passing game. Troy decided to get in some very aggressive coverages and put a lot of guys into the box and uh, you know we had some play action passes that that were really effective for us and of course you know it takes everybody. The protection, the receivers, the quarterback having the ability to do that and then putting it on the money and uh, really synergistic effect of uh, what's been going on for two games now.
0: So when you see a stat sheet at the end of the night and it shows 664 yards of total offense, did it feel like that kind of night for you, or did that number even jump off the page at you a little bit? Um, it, it did,
1: yeah, it, um, both. <laughs> both. It felt like a great night, and there was a, a ton of energy on our sideline, led by the head coach from, from start to finish, from the pregame speech all the way through the game. And the players responding to that, and then you know every big play just brings more energy, and so it was exciting during the game. I expected to see a big number in the post-game stat sheet, and, and it was there. It was
0: there, uh, a Sitake era high in total offense. All right, heading into break, we'll tell you that tomorrow night uh, you can join us as we preview Friday night's game and home game with Louisiana Tech on BYU football with Kalani Sitake, eight thirty p.m. Eastern time on the BYU TV app. When we come back, more on how BYU took care of Troy, and we'll get some players of the week as well this is the coordinators corner we are brought to you by jcw's the burger boys back with more right after this A hold by rico the kick by oldroyd on its way plenty of leg and it is through for three 54 yards on the final play of the first half we are back on the coordinator's corner, visiting with special teams coordinator, linebackers coach, and assistant head coach Ed Lamb. BYU now 2-0 and ranked at 22nd in the AP and the coaches' polls after a 48-7 home win over Troy on Saturday night. And uh, this was an up-tempo team in Troy that uh, doesn't need a lot of time with the football to get things done, but they had only about 20 minutes with it in total on Saturday night. And BYU outgained the Trojans by almost 500 yards, simply dominant really on both sides of the ball for you guys.
1: It was, and, and those teams that are committed to tempo like that, you asked about the offensive output. You know, another part of that, that high number is Troy's offense just never stopped going fast, and so they had several three-and-outs. I think it was seven three-and-outs and then maybe one four-and-out. Some of those three-and-outs took less than a minute off the clock, and so it's just a lot of offensive football that
0: we got to, to be out there and sustain drives. And BYU is now the only team in the country— Averaging, granted they've played two games, but uh, averaging 40 minutes of possession time—that's that's uh, that's, uh, that's an unusually large number. And uh, it's not just again how much time you have, but what you do with it. And BYU's been a very efficient, uh, a very efficient team on offense.
1: We have been, and and we've got the comment once or twice from opposing coaches, and we see it too with our defensive staff. But... Our offense is really built a a bit like an NFL offense this year, where we're we're running the ball effectively. We've got a big, powerful offensive line. We've got a quarterback who can make all the throws. And there's just a lot of balance. And that, that right now, the run game is helping the pass game, and the pass game is helping the run game. And, uh, you know, compared to most college offenses who are really, they're, they're in one groove and hard to get out of it, our offenses right now has got a lot of different uh, arrows in their quiver.
0: That's the thing, and, uh, and a lot of college offenses look a certain way. The formations don't vary a great deal. You always pretty multiple right now.
1: Very multiple in formations, um, and yet, you know, we're, we're not an offense of the week either. It's a, these are consistently the same plays being run out of different looks. And uh, so from a defensive
0: standpoint, it's still a real challenge to match up. Back to Saturday, BYU led uh, 21-0 before Troy scored. One big play put the Trojans in position to get on the board right before halftime. So it's 21-7, to but you had enough time to answer. I think 59 seconds were on the clock uh, when the offense got the ball back uh, to end the half.
1: Yeah, that was, that was a, a great series right there of offense picking up defense. We, we wanted to get aggressive on defense there at the end of the half and get the ball back for our offense. It turned into a big play, which led to a score and uh, the one score of the game, and, and but our offense came right out and, and really turned a seven-point gain that Troy had, had at the end of the half into a four-point gain by negating some of that with a, with a great drive and a,
0: and a huge field goal by Jake. On that field goal, uh, you got down to the 22, had to get backed up on a personal foul, so it was a 37-yard line, line of scrimmage, giving him a 54-yard shot. Well, you, you saw him be good from 54 last year. You know he's got the leg. He does
1: have the leg, and, and what – What's really been impressive about Jake throughout camp and now through the early season is he's delivering in practice and in games, and so that, that changes quite a bit our analytics. You know, it's, it's not only a kicker's range. Jake has had a 60-yard range since he walked on campus, but how often do we make that 60-yard field goal? What is the percentage or the expected points every time we attempt that? And, uh, and from what we see and what we're tracking, that expected
0: field goal range is, is getting more and more accurate. And important not just to end the half the way you did, but uh, scoring last in the first half and scoring first in the second half, owning either sides of halftime can be big in, in, in wins or losses.
1: They are, yeah. We, we've, we've looked at that over the years, and, and it's somewhere between a 5 and 8% advantage if, if you can steal the first or steal the last possession of, uh, of a first half or a second half, especially when it's done deliberately like that and get the ball back quickly with about five or six minutes left in the game and, and give it over to your offense and then try to run down the clock. It didn't work exactly like that for mm-hmm. us, but right.
0: we, were, we were able to get those last points and a lot of momentum. So, before last season, Coach, uh, BYU had gone 13 years and 164 games without a 50-yard field goal. But Jake now has three 50-yarders in the last uh, 11 games, so basically a season's worth. Hit from 51 last year and 54, and then again 54 on uh, on Saturday. Um, only one other kicker. BYU has more career 50-yarders than Jake Oldroyd. He'll have a chance to have a lot of records next to his name by the time he's done
1: I think he will and the confidence in him is growing our team's confidence in him his confidence is growing Uh, he ended last year with a few setbacks and for the way the way he's trained the way he's prepared um, for his season to be going like this and starting like this it's it's wonderful to see he deserves every bit of it
0: Uh, the BYU record long field goal all time by the way is 56 yards that's in play for Jake
1: right it's cer- certainly within range. Again, it's, it's, it's range versus percentage, and, and his range and percentage are growing.
0: What did he do specifically from last season to this to put himself where he's at right now? Well, I think
1: uh, it all has to start with with working with that core, the snapper, the holder, and the kicker, and they've put an incredible amount of time in together. Uh, Britt Hogan has improved his game. Hayden Long Livingston, snapper. Yeah, Hayden Livingston has improved his game. Hayden went out on the first kickoff, all right. but Ryan Rico – uh, has been just pushing and pushing to be that starting holder, and so he came in and we made a seamless transition. Just uh, really great to see those guys continue to get the ball down on time, in the right spot, with the proper angle. Kickers get too much credit and and too much blame on makes and misses. It's really three men, and then of course the guys protecting have to do a great job as well. It's the toughest two seconds in
0: football: field goal protection. Uh, you mentioned Ryan Rico. He's the starting punter, the backup holder but he's still getting more action-holding than punting right now. <laughs> <laughs> he is, yeah. I don't know if, uh, if, if you noticed, but uh, we, we lined up for a second
1: punt there toward the end of the game, and then uh, the play was reviewed, and it was determined that Gunnar uh, Romney yeah. made a nice catch on the sideline. And so Ryan came out, but he came out with a huge smile, and I'm sure part of that is just a little bit of frustration that he was excited to do his thing and the thing he worked so hard to do in the games. And the other part was he's excited that we had a first down, and, and so a little bit of
0: mixed emotions, I'm sure. But again, we'll reiterate, uh, if you're punting only once a game, you'll take that, right? You'll be all right with that.
1: That's right. We, we, winning, <laughs> winning is the objective, and sometimes punts help you do that, but not punting re- can really be helpful, too.
0: Let's get to some players of the week now, and we'll start with your uh, special teamers. There are a bunch of guys to talk, talk about for uh, different reasons. Let's uh, start through the uh, list of special teams honorees.
1: Well, the, the player of the game, I, I recognize Hayden Livingston because my biggest concern in some of these games where you're favored, and the players know when we're favored, right, um, is how fast we're going to start. And Hayden Livingston started off the game the very first play with a huge, courageous tackle off of the edge. Of the, uh, of the coverage, uh, pinning Troy in, inside their own territory, inside the 20-yard line. So a great way to get the game started. Um, and then Kairos Tonga, Pepe Tenovasa, and, and Brackenell Bakery. those are the shield guys on our punt. And they really, this is more about what they did all week long. They recognized rushes. They're recognizing fronts. They take a lot of pride in it. And the, the leadership example that they're setting, that's three starters in our front seven that are playing on special teams mm-hmm. and take a lot of pride in their role on that.
0: You also have guys you call the top rock honorees on special teams.
1: Yeah, the, the top rock are the guys that, that come out as the top tacklers, and that's those are guys, those are prized uh, positions on our on our special teams unit, guys that run down on kickoff coverage, guys that run down on punt coverage. And Kavika Fanua, Max Dooley, and Caleb Christensen all racked up multiple tackles, of uh, solo tackles, and then uh, helping on tackles. We have a, a stat called force tackles where guys – on the special teams. Sometimes we'll throw a tackle and make the runner cut so hard that uh, somebody else ends up making the tackle, but that's still a valuable contribution.
0: All right, those are special teams players of the week. Uh, this isn't a week for Coach uh, Jeff Grimes to be with us. He'll be back with us on the show next week. But his offensive player of the week was uh, quarterback Zach Wilson. Yeah, great selection.
1: Zach has played so- two very, very clean games, and uh, you know that's something that I know he worked hard on in the offseason was just More and more understanding of the offense so that he could, when the time is right, be a game manager. He still has that ability to escape the pocket, make plays late. But but right now, the timing and the rhythm that he has our offense operating with, a real credit to him and, and Jeff Grimes and Aaron Roderick. Those guys right
0: now are doing a great job operating the whole picture. You see that 23 for 28. It's actually been brought down to 23 for 27 as they actually gave him a pass attempt on what turned out to be a roughing the passer call. So he's actually only had four incompletions now from that Saturday game uh, against Troy. Tremendous pass efficiency with the season north of 220 right now, uh, doing tremendous things through two games. And this uh, news coming into us this morning, that Zach Wilson was today named to the Davy O'Brien National Quarterback Awards Grade 8 list. And he was also earning recognition as one of the Manning Award Stars of the Week for the second time in 2020. So the National observers taking note of what's happening out here in the West with Zach.
1: Well-deserved, and uh, that's, a, that's a recognition
0: that he deserves and uh, earned in every way. By the way, he's the first quarterback since uh, Max Hall, I believe it was in 2008, to have back-to-back games with a pass efficiency rating of 200 or better. So that, doing- yeah,
1: that's that clean, efficient yeah. game we're talking about.
0: Uh, well, it's only two games. Uh, the schedule isn't what uh, we anticipated before the pandemic, but uh, you're 2-0. and You're ranked while dealing with some COVID and injury stuff. So how pleased are you with how things are setting up now for this team heading into what should be a very busy October, five games in five weeks on the slate?
1: Well, our challenge has been, has been maintaining a consistency of effort, a standard of performance that, uh, you know, when things are going well. And so that's, that remains the challenge. That was the challenge this last game. That remains the challenge. And that's a great spot to be in, to feel like that we have the ability to compete and win games and feel confident in who we are. And uh, we just have to make sure that and, and remember that uh, in this game of college football, it's a game of momentum. It's a game of hunger. Who's hungry? Who wants it more? and I hope that we stay in that frame of
0: mind. Louisiana Tech coming up on Friday night. Uh, back to Saturday, some linebacker talk. Now you are the linebacker's coach. Saturday night's leading tackler was linebacker Keenan Peeley, one of your guys. Peyton Wilgar, a couple of hurries and a PBU and kind of helped Tyler Batty with a sack. And then a PBU for Max Tooley and a couple of near interceptions for Isaiah Kofusi and Pepe Tanavasa.
1: Yeah, another monster game by the linebackers. A lot of our defense goes through the linebackers. They're a smart group. They've got a lot of length. They've got a lot of speed, play with a lot of physicality, and, uh, and they're behind each other. They're, they're completely riveted on the game. If you ever want to just kind of... Watch during a game, watch some of these guys, their backups, or even when the backup is in, watch the starter. They're riveted on the guy that's in there and cheering for them and making the calls right from the sideline. It's a, it's a super dedicated group of linebackers.
0: Through two games, those linebackers helping BYU be one of the top teams in the country in tackles for loss. It's, it's one of the measures of defensive disruption because the takeaways will come, I think, at some point. But BYU's doing a nice job of forcing negative plays without having to take it away right now.
1: We, we are. We've had, uh, you know, some of those, especially interceptions, come with um, being in the right place, but also a quarterback who's really pressing to get the ball away. And I think that our secondary is covered tight enough that uh, we, we've got the sacks instead of the interceptions. Sometimes that's just a, a trade off that, that the quarterback is willing to make or not make. So we've done a great job pressuring up front. The secondary's been solid in what they've done, and uh, that, that's leading to good defense right now. Of course, we'd like to get more takeaways, feel like that'll be important in some of the games. Uh, for the future and we don't know when those games will occur but but uh, we're working hard to create more havoc and turnovers
0: so you played a home game without fans in the stands this past saturday you'll do it again this friday you don't want to get too used to it of course but uh, the team has done a good job uh, creating its own energy in these empty venues through two games they have they are they're
1: 100 playing for each other i don't see any drop off in the in the amount of celebration that's occurring on the sideline or on the field when guys are making big plays. And that's something as coaches we look for a lot is, you know, sometimes you can find clips from critical moments in big games where a guy makes an all-time play, something he's been working his whole life to achieve in a college football game, and everybody just kind of, oh, and you line up again, and, and, and sometimes we'll use those as teaching moments. I haven't really found a lot of those these last That's two good.
0: games. That's good news. Uh, as we go to break, a reminder that dinner after the game includes something for everybody at JCW's. From burgers to wings, shakes to salads, JCW's quality, and a lot of it in Lehigh, American Fork, Provo, South Jordan, and now open in Harriman. Fans, you can get ready for BYU and La Tech this Friday night on BYU Radio with Cougar Pregame Game Live 7 o'clock Eastern time with the kick at 9 Eastern. That's on BYU Radio. Coming up next... A look ahead to Friday's game as we continue our conversation with special teams coordinator Ed Lamb. You're in the coordinator's corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys, and we're back to BYU Broadcasting right after this. Zach Wilson play fake and a pump and a fire to the far side. Man open makes the catch. 40-35, and 35. Dax Milne 25-20. He's going to go into the end zone. Dax Milne touchdown. The Cougars 30-7 to 7 with a PAT pending. You are in the coordinator's corner brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. Friday night at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, 2-0. BYU hosting 2-0, Louisiana Tech. In the first ever meeting between these two programs, looking ahead to that game now with special teams coordinator, linebackers coach and assistant head coach Ed Lamb. Uh, LaTeX had a last second win at the Southern Miss to open the season. Then the high scoring win over an FCS team Saturday, Houston Baptist. Uh, they're scoring a ton right now, but they're also allowing a good deal of points. Uh, some thumbnail impressions of the Bulldogs coming in Friday night.
1: Well, that uh, that FCS score is misleading. That that FCS Houston Baptist team is playing like an FBS team. They I think they put up 30 points on Texas Tech, who just beat Texas, and um, they 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 can they can really score. So as you said, yeah, La Tech has powerful, potent offense. Not really sure defensively um, if if the numbers that they're giving up are quite yet an indicator of how well they play. Um, they're uh, they're a winning football program. I think they won 11 games last year. They always have been. A strong football program have a great tradition yeah, they beat miami in their bowl game last year they these, these guys know how to compete and uh, they're 2-0 for a reason
0: even though bYU's had a lot of p5s on the slate uh, you can sometimes see a name pop up on the schedule and say oh we have film of our last game but there's not a lot of film in october of teams you've played because there's a lot of first timers coming up this month
1: that's right yeah not a lot of crossover or years past a lot of times we'll go into a week with Uh, at least to start the game plan that we used the year before if the offense is is similar. And so not a lot of recognition, completely starting from scratch.
0: Okay, from social media now for Coach Lamb, from uh, Tim Riggins on Twitter, Uh, he says this team consists of mostly a lot of the same players from last year, but it looks like a team playing on a different level, albeit against different competition. What differences have you seen in this team this year? And what would you attribute for the team's success?
1: Oh, that, that's a really good question, and, and I think it, the, the answer is embedded in the question. These are the same guys that we were playing with a year ago, and young guys at this age, it's such a developmental stage in their life, they get better every single year. And so we had a
0: lot of returning starters, a lot of experience. It's, it's been really fun to see them go. And uh, one more question that we'll tack on from social media. Um, same guy who says, we've seen a bunch of different guys at linebacker in both games, making it tough to gauge a depth chart. If the game were played today, who would be your ones at linebacker?
1: Um, well, we have four or five different personnel packages. So that's kind of like asking who are the starting receivers or who's the starting running back or tight end. It's whether or not guys are in the game. But right now, I just say guys, guys playing at a high level, the top four, uh, Peyton, uh, Peyton Wilgar, Keenan Ellis, Isaiah Kalfusi, and uh, Kavika Fonua. You
0: mean Keenan Peely on that?
1: Yeah. What, what, what you said is? Ellis? Oh, yeah. 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 Ke- yeah. Sorry, Keenan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Keenan Peely and, and Kavika Fonua. Those, those four guys are really what we start with, building our base package around every week. And then we have such other good players that we have a lot of flexibility.
0: Uh, Kavika had a high school game Saturday night, playing both ways. He did. Yeah, <laughs> he played
1: both ways. We expect him to continue to do that. We, we feel like that he's very capable at running back, and uh, we want to keep him in the game plan. And, and if we need him in that role, he's going to be ready.
0: BYU shown an acuity to turning uh, uh, linebackers into good running backs, uh, as, as you know, Kavik has done it. Tyler's done it. Now you've got uh, got some guys that can can do that pretty well. I think
1: running backs who know how to tackle have a little bit of an advantage in in knowing how to break tackles. And we've seen that, uh, you know, Lopini Katoa doesn't play defense or even the coverage teams on special teams very much, but he's physical. And whenever Mm. we do tackling drills, he likes that part of the game, and you're really seeing that show up in his offensive play.
0: Okay, we like having you with us, and we'll see you in uh, two weeks. Good luck this weekend. Thanks, Rick. All right, that is Coach Ed Lamb. One hour before kickoff on Friday night, tune in to BYU TV for Countdown to kickoff. Watch it this Friday at 8 o'clock Eastern time. Coming up next... We're joined by defensive coordinator and defensive line coach Eli Satuyake as the coordinator's corner moves into its second half hour here on the BYU TV app. Stay with us, back with more right after this. are in the coordinator's corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger Boys. BYU, 2-0 and on the season and ranked at 22nd nationally after a 48-7 home win over Troy on Saturday night. The Cougars welcoming in Louisiana Tech this Friday night. The Bulldogs also 2-0, and so two of the highest-scoring teams in the country going head-to-head. BYU averaging 51.5 points per game. La Tech at 48.5 points per game. So we welcome in the Cougars' defensive coordinator and defensive line coach, Eliza Tuiaki. Coach E, good to see you again. Yeah.
2: Good to be back, thanks.
0: So uh, the defensive starting 11 uh, you put out there against Troy on Saturday looked uh, different from the one you fielded against Navy uh, 19 days before. Quite the contrast in defensive assignments you had from game one to game two, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, playing, playing a team like Navy is, is, uh, is a complete different animal. And so, um, you know, we had to play with different, different personnel, just different game plan. And then this week, uh, this last week, we kind of go back to a little bit more traditional football.
0: And uh, how would you say that BYU handled that 19-day gap between Game One and Game Two, considering you had an adjusted practice schedule, you had some personnel issues to deal with with injury and and COVID? How'd you guys come through?
2: Yeah, you know, uh, I think the result of the game showed that the boys were resilient and, and got through it. It was, it was tough in the middle of it, you know, um, figuring out who was going to end up being uh, being available, um, how we were going to shuffle things around, and and uh, stop stop an offense like Troy, and so. Um, you know, the boys showed up and played, but it was, it was kind of difficult in the middle of it finding out who was going to be available to play.
0: In the middle of it, meaning the middle of prep, right? In the in days the leading pre- up to it.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so there were, there were guys that were missing the week before that, that showed up. Uh, you were know, guys missing the week of practice that showed up on a Thursday or Friday that we figured would, we'd plug in and, and yeah. kind of have a role for them, but, but uh, without them having a physical practice, it was hard to just really rely on them, them going. And so we had to make a lot of adjustments
0: depth feels like everything right now
2: yeah yeah for sure for sure I mean I heard Coach Lamb talking about it when you have so many guys that come back with so much experience I mean uh, there's a lot of depth that we have We just got to keep those guys healthy playing
0: what concerned you most about the Troy offense going into the game on Saturday night Uh, what was going to be the key part of that defensive game plan you tried to execute on Saturday
2: just uh limiting big plays that was the thing for us and just uh you know we felt felt like we'd uh have a pretty good chance to stop the run didn't didn't feel like they were as committed to the to the run as they were in the past but um, they were just a dangerous team in the past game had a lot of good receivers and so we wanted to limit any of the big plays that we gave up passing um, and uh, felt like that was going to be the key to stopping them.
0: Uh, Troy got back-to-back offensive possessions to begin the game after that muff punt by BYU early but uh, no points allowed uh, they got the ball deep in your territory, 22-yard line, I think. Um, but similar to what happened against Navy, a turnover did not turn into points for the opposition.
2: Yeah, that was that was huge. I think a, a, a key point of the game, and just the, us coming out and uh, you know the boys being geeked up to play some defense and, and not worrying about how the, the possession ended up coming to. And and uh, you know I know they wanted to, to uh, show the offense as well as just Dax that they were going to get their back. And the boys came out there and were. Fired up the play and, and try to get a stop.
0: It seems like your defense is a, is, a, is a pretty good reactionary group. If something happens that could indicate a shift in momentum, they take it upon themselves to get it right back for you.
2: Yeah, I think I think it all starts from the top. You know, we we talk about the game plan on offense uh, as a staff. We talk about it as coaches, and and uh, you know, Kalani preaches that we've got to make sure that uh, the defense understands that aggression by the offense and what we're trying to do is is backed up by the defense, and so. Uh, the boys are fully on board with that, and I think as they've understood that narrative from the head coach, it's it's been a, a key point for us. in coming out there on the field and taking it with confidence.
0: BYU led the game seven nothing after one quarter, twenty four to seven at halftime. Uh, they got their only score of the night on the strength of one good drive, really, and really one big play. It was a seven play drive, but it had a fifty five yard catch and run in there.
2: Yeah, yeah, that was the that was the one of the big plays. That was uh, really the big play that we gave up um, on off the offensive side, and it's just. Uh, credit them. They 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 made a they made a good pitch and catch and um, you know we as we talked to, to the boys at halftime we still had a chance to keep them out of the end zone but we didn't and so that's the thing is we can't let uh, one mistake end up compounding to to cost us a little bit more and so I thought we came out in the second half and responded better.
0: I'll say a uh, pitch to second half shutout, no points allowed. Troy changed quarterbacks at one point and the Cougars end up cruising in this one, 48 to 7. Through two weeks, Coach Tuiaki, so many impressive. Uh, national defensive rankings right now. You're first nationally in yards per game allowed. Uh, first nationally in pass yards per game allowed. Uh, second nationally in points per game allowed. And third nationally in yards per play allowed. Also third in red zone defense. Third down conversion defense. Everything I mentioned is what the game of football is going to be won or lost on, and you're, you're excelling right
2: now. Yeah, the, the boys are playing really hard. Um, you know, the coaches are doing a good job, just putting that, that game plan together and delivering it. And uh, Um, You know, playing complementary football has been a big, big uh, difference for us. I mean, with so many guys coming back on defense, but also so many guys coming back on offense. And and, uh, the game for a defensive player is so different when you're playing from ahead. When you're playing uh, in a tight game or when you're playing from behind, it seems like you're always just trying to stop the run. There's no more opportunities to get sacks and and those types of big plays. And so it's uh, certainly, you know, the, the personality of the game is a little bit different with our offense in sync, and it's been huge for our, for our defense that way.
0: And, and the numbers from the Kalani-Satake era, I'll just bring them up here, show what you're talking about. Uh, BYU's been a good front-running team uh, under Kalani. When BYU scores first, uh, the Cougars are now 16-6 and uh, since he's been the head coach. And uh, you know when you can score on first possessions, uh, that number percentage-wise goes up even a little bit more than that. Uh, BYU's been a good team getting out in front and that's what you guys have
2: been able to do through two games yeah yeah that's for sure it's uh i know it's especially in the navy game that was kind of what we were preaching about a little bit more offensive aggression and the defense being ready to get the, the offenses back so when when they were um going forward on fourth down in certain territories and so um that that kind of aggression on offense has paid off and, and we're seeing seeing them play really really well and and it's and it's uh, helped the defense as well
0: All right, it is time for a break. When we come back, Coach Tuiaki's Defensive Player of the Week from the Troy game, and it's the defensive line's time to shine. As we head to break, a reminder that with BYU's win on Saturday, if you live in Utah, you can get 50% off Papa John's Pizza today only using the promo code BYU50, you do that at PapaJohns.com. More of the Coordinator's Corner coming up after this. Stay with us. The belt high snap and the wrap up in the sack as Kyra's Tonga shoots in second and long. Rush and a sack on a three man rush. And for the second time tonight, it's Kyra's Tonga. Here back on the coordinator's corner, defensive coordinator and defensive line coach Eliza Tuiaki with us. BYU 2 0, ranked 22nd in both the AP and the coaches' polls, hosting 2 0 unranked Louisiana Tech Friday night at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Well, last season. BYU averaged 4.7 tackles for loss, which ranked 117th in the FBS, and 16 TFL yards per game so far this season. BYU's tackle for loss numbers up to seven a game, that's 30th in the FBS, and the TFL yards per game is more than double, 33.5 TFL yards per game. Not just TFLs, but you're backing them up, big negative plays.
2: Yeah, no, that's uh, those those uh, big plays on defense. I mean, are huge for for the continuity of just the defensive, uh, you know swag as they continue to play, as well as just uh, production.
0: You have 10 pass breakups. The opponents have only three. Uh, you probably have to love to have more takeaways eventually, but in every other way, you're being very disruptive right now on defense.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, you know, takeaways, uh, takeaways end up happening as you continue to play this way. And um, you know, I think the physicality and just the, the aggression of just how these guys are playing, the boys are playing, is really, really good
0: we see the D linemen getting involved and we'll talk uh, a bit about how they were prominent in the sack numbers on on Saturday night four sacks Saturday and they all come from the D line uh, you see Tyler Batty there at the end he got a little bit of the help from uh, Peyton Wilgar then Zach Daw had one and then Kyrus Tong was two coming out of the break that we saw so the D line was getting in the backfield
2: yeah yeah it was it was good we got a the good thing about the the sacks too is they ended up coming in a bunch of different ways you know we had to three-man rush four-man rush as well as just uh, you know pressure that ended up coming from there. we we missed one with uh, with Peyton Wilgar too on one of the pressures empty that he should have should have gotten but you know he was pissed off at himself about that but um yeah there it's 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 been a good change up good mix up between all the different fronts and what we've done to to allow those D linemen to get after
0: it Kyrus has always gotten a lot of press uh Zach Dahl maybe not not as much but he showed his skill on Saturday night on, on that on, on speed rush yeah. around the edge. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit, maybe, about Zach Daw, what we'll makes him a special uh, defensive player. Yeah, Zach,
2: Zach's a great combination of speed and power. And, you know, he, uh, uh, he's a wrestler, which gives him the advantage of just understanding body position and, and kind of feeling when to do things and when not to do things. And so he's come a long way from, uh, from when he first started, um, playing really, really, playing at a high level right now. He thought, thought he had a good game against Navy as well as um, this past weekend.
0: Do you appreciate guys who've been in combat that way?
2: I do. It just—it <laughs> seems like uh, for D linemen, especially at that position group, guys—guys uh, guys with a wrestling background—do a really good job. They just—they have a little bit more of a knack for for kind of feeling the way that things are moving and having a good equilibrium and just just know, uh, you know basing their moves off of that. And just Zach's one of them.
0: Okay. Uh, quick uniform <laughs> thought. Uh, the Royal on Royal. What do you think of those on Saturday night?
2: If you would have asked me what we wore, I I wouldn't have been able to tell you. I don't. I didn't. <laughs>
0: now that you've seen a few of the highlights, is that a clean look for you? You like it or?
2: Pretty good. Pretty good. I th- you know, I know uh, some of my family members were talking about how they like. Uh, you know, it looks like it looks like BYU. It looks like the old BYU. So
0: all right. <laughs> That's great. Uh, whatever you're wearing, whatever. Uh, defensive player of the game for you. Who would you like this past Saturday night?
2: Yeah, you know, there are a lot of guys that stuck out. You know, obviously the production of Keenan was great, but Kyrus had a really good game. And just even in the, even in the snaps that, uh, you know, he didn't have any any tackles or any production, he was just really disruptive and was a force to be reckoned with. And, and uh, when he's playing well and he's in the game for us, he does a really, really good job.
0: Has he gotten better from last year to this year, and if so, how do you think?
2: No doubt, yeah, no doubt. I think the football IQ as well as just, I mean, he's always been a big physical kid. He's, he's, he's a freak, but um, the, way he, the way he's understanding the game, the way he's feeling blocks and reacting to them is so much faster. Um, playing with so much more confidence now, too, I think, as he knows that he's, he's understanding things and seeing the game a little bit faster and differently. It's been, been, been a huge advantage for him to come back and get these reps.
0: He's a next-level guy, right?
2: Well, no doubt he can play at the next level.
0: What, uh, w- what do people from the next level think or say about him?
2: You know, the, um, they, they know that he's big, that he's physical, that he's fast, and that he's freakish. And the, really the, the question mark on him last year, at least when he was thinking about going to the NFL, was was uh, the understanding of the game and just consistency. And so um, with his understanding of knowing what they wanted, he came back and he's been playing consistently.
0: Okay. Saturday versus Troy. Coach, uh, your defense was on the field for only about 20 minutes of game time. Offense doing a great job eating up the clock right now and piling up the points. And you mentioned the phrase, and it applies right here. That's complimentary football. When the offense can do its job, long, sustained, point-scoring drives, you don't have to be on the field uh, as long. And then special teams has been tremendous too.
2: Yeah, that's, that's been a big, big thing for us this year is is uh, the way the offense have been playing has, has definitely contributed to what – you know the way that the defenses have been playing, and one of the things that we do against teams like this is we try to keep uh, real time rest. And so, you know, a lot of, if you if you have an offense that, if the, if Troy comes out in, in a long ten play drive, and when I say long, it's kind of like fast, a lot of reps, and they're going, and then our offense comes back out, and it's all, it's a three and out, and then we get back into another long drive, I and mean, those things really start to compound on you defensively. And so, um, we we kept real time. You know, just uh, how much rest we were getting if we needed to substitute the defensive line just to keep those guys fresh, and there was never an issue about uh, the amount of time that we were getting to rest. I mean, as soon as right. we kind of hit a spot, we are like, okay, ones are good and fresh to go back in, and, and uh, I thought the offense did a tremendous job just controlling the clock and just pounding it and and converting first down after first down and, and taking it in for scores, too.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, you uh, have your own job to do. When your guys come off the field, you've got things to address but how much time do you, do you get to actually appreciate what 's happening on the opposite side of the ball right now and, and how well that, that Yeah, it, it
2: normally it normally depends on how how long the offense is on the field, and so you know um, the tough ones are it, when we 're in a long drive and we get off the field and we 're kind of still making corrections, and then you hear punt alert and um, and our, our offense, I mean, really hasn't been like that. It's, yeah. They've done a really good job, and so we've been able to make the corrections to communicate the things that we need to to the sideline, and then after that kind of settle and get to watch the game and, and uh, you know, just watch a little bit of what's what's going on. But normally we don't.
0: Not a whole lot of punt alerts so far. Uh, you've BYU's punted once in each game so far.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> I hope it's like that the whole year. That's, I mean, that's huge, and that's a, a, a big, 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 uh, you know, uh, it's just just really, really good by the offense. I mean, just you think about what they've done and just uh, there's, there's no doubt that what the offense is doing is affecting us on defense. There's no doubt about that.
0: Absolutely. All right, time again for a break. And as we step away, we'll remind you that for your daily Cougar sports play-by-play, tune in weekdays to BYU Sports Nation at noon Eastern time. Coming up in our final segment of this week's show, a look ahead to Friday night's home game with Louisiana Tech, as the 22nd ranked Cougars look to go 3 and 0. You're in the Coordinator's Corner brought to you by JCWs, the Burger Boys. Coordinator's Corner on BYU TV is brought to you by JCWs, the Burger Boys. BYU food to go. The MVP of your next event. Siegfried and Jensen, serving Utah families for over 25 years. Friday night at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, it is 2-0. BYU hosting 2-0. Louisiana Tech, first time these two teams have met on the gridiron. B- I like BYU. La Tech racking up the points. They've scored 31-66 and in their two wins. They beat Houston Baptist and FCS squad 66-38 in their home opener two days ago. Uh, Coach Lamb was telling us, uh, you know, fcs team they allowed 38 but they said the 38 came from a really good fbs team in houston baptist they've got an offense that can really roll they,
2: they do and they the week before that they played uh, texas tech and and uh took them down to the wire as well and so they're just on on film as we watch i mean it's still early in the in the preparation process for us as coaches but houston baptist did look like a really good team
0: la tech another shotgun spread team uh coming in so the troy game is probably a pretty good blueprint uh, for Friday. Uh, four wides, five wides, pretty much all night. Not the tempo team Troy is, but they will spread it. Yeah, they
2: will. And so I, they're they're similar to what Troy did. And Troy actually never came out in their 11 personnel uh, packages and didn't show much of their 20. But but uh, LaTeX will get into that. And so um, they're a team that seemed like they want to establish the run a little bit more. And, and, uh, and so that's we, we've definitely got to be ready for both run and pass. But they do a good job running the ball and, uh, and uh, spread formations as well. And a team that's committed to running as well as throwing.
0: I think LaTeX quarterback uh, maybe, maybe threw for five and ran for one touchdown on, on Saturday.
2: Yeah, yeah. They, a lot of good offense production.
0: Okay, let's get to some social media for Coach Tuiaki toward the end of the show here. Uh, this coming in from uh, Sam Critchfield, uh, who says is, B1, is winning the line of scrimmage consistently more important than getting turnovers? The defense seems dominant without many takeaways thus far in the season. You
2: well, know, that's a that's a good question. I mean, you know, obviously t- takeaways takeaways come, and there's so many factors that go into when a takeaway happens, but. Uh, I mean winning the line of scrimmage is an every down thing and it's it's definitely something that's important in order for you to be playing good defense I mean you're not you're not uh, <clears throat> handling the line of scrimmage you're going to have a lot of issues come up and and uh, there are going to be issues that uh, you may not contribute to the line of scrimmage but it is and so it's uh, I think it's more important to make sure that you're sound at the line of scrimmage and dominating
0: and you do think the takeaways do come eventually right
2: for sure yeah for sure it's you know, we ended up missing a couple, and, and uh, you know, they did a good job just taking care of the ball. But, uh, you know, I think t- takeaways come as you play sound football.
0: From at to BYU bro Chacho, for Coach Tuiaki. has there been more of an emphasis this season in showing different looks to opposing offenses? It appeared that Troy, he says, uh, didn't know what to expect when the ball was snapped.
2: Yeah, you know, um, I, I thought that Troy came out uh, prepared for some drop eight, and, uh, you know, one of our things is we, we, you know, there's – I think we had a discussion before. There's always a, there's a time for everything, and, and so you can't sit in one defense. You've got to mix it up a little bit, but um, there's a time for drop eight. There's a time for playing a little bit more pressure, and so um, I, th- I think more credit to just uh, the way that the players played physically and just kind of dominated was, was really why, why, why we did so well.
0: Okay, another Tim Riggins question from social media at BYU Ballyhoo. We've seen different starters at corner and safety for both games. What have we learned about DB depth and who are the ones at defensive back?
2: Yeah, you know, the, the Navy game, uh, defensive depth, the defensive back, the defensive backfield was mostly based off of just, uh, you know, playing more tacklers. Uh, and so some of the, the true, true corners that we have, the developmental guys that can run, didn't play play in that game. Uh, and then this last game, it, it really had to do with uh, missing a bunch of corners just from from being quarantined or guys that were pulled from the game. And so um, we get all those guys back, and so we'll, we'll feel a little bit more comfortable about the back end with some of those man corners coming back and kids that can run.
0: Okay. Uh, BYU uh, played the game without fans Saturday. We'll do it again this Friday night. Hopefully fans come into your venue at some point, but you'll have played at least the first three games without fans in the stands. Now that you've done it a couple times and coming up for a third, How does it play once the game gets going to you?
2: I'm in the box this year, and so I don't really recognize it, but I know that the players uh, take pride in in trying to bring juice to the sideline, and I know you've you've seen the dancing going on and something that Kalani's promoting as far as just everybody being themselves and being in the moment and being our own fans without without having the fans there. I think it's really important for those guys to uh, keep the energy on the sideline.
0: Okay, I'm glad you brought that up a moment ago because uh, BYU's having these moments, whether it's you in the locker room or people on the sideline, these near viral dancing moments from uh, from staffers and others. Uh, this has become a dancing team, hasn't it?
2: <laughs> you know, the me in the locker room was, uh, my boss <laughs> told me to do something, so I had to do it, you know. But, you
0: broke uh, it down, by the way.
2: <laughs> Went back, I almost broke my neck, broke my back, and so.
0: <laughs> but this is a team that likes to have fun, clearly.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's, the sports staff and all those guys on the sideline doing a good job just kind of keeping the energy on the sideline and keeping it going.
0: And, of course, uh, when, you're, when you're winning games and playing well and doing it, there's a lot of reasons to and dance.
2: I don't think there's much dancing going on when you're not winning. So that's <laughs> for the dancing continues.
0: All right. It'll be a Friday night. Uh, it'll be a 7 o'clock kick for BYU and La Tech. And, again, hopefully some fans get into the stands at Lavelle Edwards Stadium in the not-too-distant future. Coach Tuiaki, thanks for coming back. We will see you uh, next week with us along with Coach Grimes. Have a great game on Friday. All right. Thank you. All right. That'll do it for another edition of The Coordinator's Corner. Indeed, enjoy Friday night's home game with La Tech. Listen to it on BYU radio. See it on The Worldwide Leader. We'll see you back here next Monday at 1 o'clock Eastern. For The Coordinator's Corner, brought to you by JCW's The Burger. Boys. For Coach Tuiaki and for Coach Lamb, I'm Greg Grubel. Have a great week, and go Cougs!